Hello and welcome to Office Hours with EAB. Today's episode centers on the technologies that are giving universities more efficient access to the institutional data they need to manage student success efforts. Our guests do their level best to explain how data warehouses and related technologies work, why data governance matters, and other pretty technical concepts in a way that even non-technologists can understand and appreciate. So give these folks a listen and enjoy. Hello and welcome to Office Hours with EAB. My name is Devin Jones and I'm a strategic leader with EAB's data and analytics team. One of the coolest parts of my job is that I get to see how the leading colleges and universities in the nation are using technology and data in really innovative ways to transform their institutions and improve the way they serve their students. Using technology and data wisely is important to every business and no matter what industry you look at, Individuals and enterprises tend to be distributed along the spectrum with early adopters on one end and late adopters on the other. Colleges and universities are often accused of falling largely into the late adopters camp, but that's not always true. Today, we're going to talk about the technologies and best practices used by innovative institutions to improve students' retention and help more students earn their degree in a timely manner. And we're going to try to do it in a way that's not going to put anybody to sleep and doesn't require listeners to be as big of a data nerd as I am. Joining me in the conversation today is someone doing really effective work in this area. Matt, would you mind introducing yourself and telling us a bit about your institution and your role there? Sure. Uh, thanks for <laughs> thanks for that very generous introduction, Devin. Uh, so my name is Matt Nicodemus. I run the institutional effectiveness shop at uh, Utah Tech University. Utah Tech University is an open access polytechnic located in Southern Utah, and we're about an hour and a half north of Vegas and about 45 minutes south of Zion. So we're in a really gorgeous part of the country. We've got a lot going on here. Uh, great weather. Um, this is my plug to try and recruit anybody who's looking to attend a university. You should come down to Utah Tech. Uh, we have uh, a lot of really exciting stuff going on. We've been using Edify and Navigate since around 2019. Uh, we've had just a tremendous amount of growth as a university over the past 10 years. I think we've we've uh, nearly doubled our student body in those in that period of time. Wow. Um, we've grown our programs by about 200. So just a really great place to be. Great weather. Lots of exciting stuff happening at the university. My role at the university is largely around data, data governance, and strategic planning. Our institutional effectiveness office sits in the office of the president, uh, and we help facilitate his vision of what the strategic plan is university-wide. And then we also run the majority of the data processes. So data governance runs through our institutional effectiveness office. We run the data warehouse, and then we handle a lot of the just strategic organization around data, which is, uh, that's a lot. That's a, that's a large portfolio for our little office to tackle. Right. Well, welcome to the podcast, Matt. So excited to have you on. But, you know, you mentioned it before that you've been working with EAB with the Navigate and Edify product. And I know you actually led a session at our Connected 24 conference last month to explore the ways that Utah Tech is using technology and data to measure and evaluate your student success efforts. Um, in fact, you actually won the award for the Technology Pioneering Award at Connected. What would you say was the central premise of your Connected presentation? And what did you hope the audience might take away from that session? 
I think the the biggest topic for our session that we really wanted people to walk away with was that uh, student success really requires university-wide effort uh, and really effective data processes. The, the marriage between really effective advising and really effective data processes is really potent at improving student success outcomes. We've seen that at Utah Tech, we've increased our uh, fall to fall retention rate by about five percentage points over the past five years. Um, and that's been a lot of things. Uh, we've introduced a lot of courses aimed at students when they're first coming in, in order to acclimate them to the university and to give them kind of an idea of what's involved in a university of education. We've got a lot of students who come to Utah Tech who are, they don't come from a background where their parents attended college. So this is all new to them. Right. So we wanted to acclimate them. Um, the other piece that I think we really tried to get across in that talk is that marrying your data team and your student success team is a fantastic idea as an institution. If those two groups are working together really effectively, uh, you, you can expect really great outcomes. And then tying together the technology that those two teams utilize uh, is a, an, another really, really good idea. For us, that's Navigate 360 and Edify. We've had um, We've had some really, really good successes in tying those two products together. It hasn't uh, it hasn't always been the smoothest road, but we've we've had some early successes, and we've got big plans for what we want to do in the future. It's awesome to hear. Um, you know, you were saying you had some kind of early bumps in the roads. Really, I think it's fair to say that Utah Tech's been pretty much an early adopter of marrying as you said, Navigate 360 and Edify. Would you mind just kind of going through and maybe spilling the beans a bit on those big plans that you might have for putting those two products together? How does Utah Tech plan to inform these strategic decisions by combining these products around student success? Uh, so our our plan moving forward is integration and automation. Um, we've uh, we utilize Navigate 360 as kind of our our, our central communication tool. Um, we have communication between faculty and students. We have communication between advisor and students, communication between faculty and advisors. That all occur, occurs within Navigate 360. Uh, we have Edify as well, and Edify serves as our our data warehouse for the campus. So we try and organize all of our information within Edify and then communicate that information to Navigate and then use Navigate to communicate information on an operational basis within Navigate. Um, we also utilize a, a ton of tools to facilitate communication just around data. Communication around data is difficult for, I think, hmm. almost every university in the country is, is just they're struggling with the amount of data that they now have access to and how do they get everybody on the same page and how do they effectively communicate the expectations around that. Our data warehouse does a great job of that. We've also worked really closely with the team at EAB to automate some of the communication that occurs between Edify and Navigate. I think that's one of the pieces that we're most excited about in the future is starting to open that revolving door between those two data systems so that we can collect data and analyze data within Edify, communicate that data to Navigate, automate communication with students through Navigate, collect the feedback from the student 
actions based on that communication with Anatify, communicate that back to Navigate so that we're constantly trying to close that loop so that we can most effectively communicate with our with our students. Right. And that's a big workflow you just described as well. Yeah, that it's it's big. And like I said, it's it's still a work in progress. Uh, I like to imagine what we're doing is as reading a gigantic novel. So <laughs> something like War and Peace. Right. And we're, about, <laughs> we're about two or three chapters in. We've seen this is going to be a massive undertaking. There are a lot of characters in this thing. Um, we've got a lot of work left to do, but we've been we've been very happy with our results so far. Um, like I said, it's a work in progress, but we've made some pretty good strides, I think. Yeah. You know, and I think one piece that we tend to focus on, you know, when speaking about the data is the technology side and gathering the requirements, getting the important correct. But I think an unspoken piece um, is really about getting the buy-in from that cast of characters, as you said, you know, as you, as you just mentioned, this, this data goes through and is affecting a lot of different stakeholders at the institution. And it sounds like there needs to be quite a bit of buy-in to go ahead and make this vision come to reality. Yeah, yeah. We you got to get everybody on the same page. Um I think one of the one of the points that I'm continually making around campus is if you've got good people on your team and you've got good products that your team is using then good things are going to happen. That's that's our formula for creating a pit of success. Mm-hmm. We really try to work as hard as we can to make success the default. Uh, we'd like it if if people are just stumbling around trying to do something, we want them to stumble into success. Uh, and getting that buy-in is difficult on campuses. Everybody has what they're trying to do. And large universities like ours have uh, a wide group of people who are trying to do a lot of things and getting them all on the same page can be really difficult. Getting them all on the same page with regards to data is also pretty difficult. So those are very challenging topics getting the culture of the university right is hard mm-hmm. that really requires effective messaging from your senior leadership if they've got a really consistent vision of where they want to go with data and they're very consistent in who they feel should be on the team to lead that for the university that makes all the difference in the world we're really entering kind of our second phase of that we've had a run at that for the past 3 years and like I said, we've had quite a bit of success. We've also seen a lot of things that we did wrong. So mm-hmm. in the second go around, we're trying to fix some of that. And communication is at the top of everybody's list of frustrations. So the the communication piece is one of the most challenging. Right. Well, thank you for that. And, you know, you mentioned this kind of in your answer just then as well, but also previously, you know, the importance of having not only a large host of data at your disposal, but also the data governance and data lineage tools to go ahead and and make sure that data is, you know, going downstream correctly, making sure people are getting the reports they need. What is the value to your institution or really you think any institution in creating a data warehouse? And how do you go about managing the data governance issues that go along with all of that? (laughs) Yeah. So um, I've, I've built a data system at a campus that didn't have a data warehouse. I've built one um, at a campus that did have a data warehouse, and then I've I've built a data warehouse on a statewide level. And working without a data warehouse is a, an incredibly frustrating experience. Um, th- I think the biggest benefit for a campus for bringing a data warehouse onto campus is that you can automate so much of your workflow. 
when I first took over this position, one of the things that was completely apparent to me was that we had a huge workload that was all dedicated to state and federal compliance reporting. And we weren't going to make any strategic progress at all until we were able to clear that up. And I think like every other university in the country right now, nobody was throwing positions our way. So we had to figure out how to utilize technology to do this. So we spent one year going through our state and federal compliance workload, and we automated that. When we were automating that, we used that time to build out our tables in our warehouse in order to make it so that we could report as quickly as possible and to minimize the maintenance that would be required. So we put in a lot of structure around the tables that we report on so that logically we wouldn't have to be thinking about all the calculations that we needed to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, Edify was fantastic at mapping out all of the build steps and things like that so that we could follow that logic. Um, It's also a fantastic tool. We have just one person on our campus who manages our entire data warehouse flow so that we have just that single vision of what should be happening there. And then everybody reports off of that. We were then able to translate those gains that we made in automation to move our team into a much more strategic position. Um, So we were focused more on strategic reporting. And we were able to take all of the automation tricks that we learned from the compliance reporting and apply those to our strategic reporting. So right now we're finishing up about a year of planning out how we report all of our metrics, how we define all of our metrics, how we communicate all of our metrics to campus. Uh, And we've gotten to the point now where we've got a pretty good inventory of all of our metrics on campus. They're all enumerated. We're assigning those to specific strategies that our campus is undertaking, and we're building out the definitions for all of those metrics to communicate them to everybody. With the gains that we make in the automation there, we're now going to move into some predictive capabilities that we've been building up for a while. Um, And I think this is the real benefit to a campus of having a data warehouse is it allows you to automate and then take the time savings from that automation and apply them in a direction that you'd like to go. Right. Save some time on kind of the digital manual labor, so to speak. Yeah. The drawback of that is once you start automating all of that, you really are looking at the health of all of your data systems around campus because you're ingesting data from all over the place from your Mm -hmm. LMS, from your student information system. I mean, we ingest data from everywhere. All of our student clubs go into our data warehouse. And when you start to do that, you can start to see where your data systems are unhealthy. We also do a ton of snapshotting and daily reporting. So we've gotten to the point now where we can have somebody who is involved in a data process who doesn't know that that data point that they're creating is going the next day in front of our senior leadership. Mm. And then we get a report in front of senior leadership and they call me and they say, this number moved. Why is that? And then the next right. thing you know, I'm on the phone with somebody who's like, what, why are you calling me? Mm-hmm. So that raises all kinds of data governance issues around process change and who's inputting the data. And if somebody decides how they're going to record data, what effect does that have? And that kind of communication, I think is, is kind of foreign to a lot of universities. Mm-hmm. Just Communicating a lot about the minutia of how your data processes work pushes you into data governance in um, in some ways that are difficult to. It causes you to have difficult conversations. So sure, 
The benefit of having a data warehouse, though, is you can comb back through all of your reporting procedures and you can see exactly where those data points are entering in your report. And you can see all the downstream reports that are running off of it. So it's a really effective tool because it allows you to monitor the health of your data systems at a really granular level, but it pushes you into data governance and some of those conversations are difficult. Sure. Yeah. Data governance conversations are largely uncomfortable, probably whatever industry you're in. Um, And so it's almost more of a philosophical question, right? Is, Is opening Pandora's box uh, more or less uncomfortable than maybe frequently yeah. reporting incorrect data, so to speak. Um, but I like what you said there is that, you know, it, there's a few things I really picked up from your, your response just then. One is that it pushes you to go into the data governance. If you're able to go ahead and see this data centrally stored in a data warehouse and you see things repeatedly coming in incorrect, it, it makes you have those maybe tough conversations that otherwise, one, you would, well, really, you wouldn't even be aware of, I guess, if yeah. you had not been able to see that. Um, but two, it also, it, it sounds like what you said is uh, maybe allows senior leaders to go ahead and focus more on the next strategy, the, the future of the institution, our kind of next project we want to do, rather than just kind of constantly playing catch up. And I think uh, a lot of conversations that happen in the student success, success space recently have been trying to shift away from being uh, reactive to being proactive. Right. You mentioned yeah. some predictive modeling in the future. How has, I guess, working with this governed data warehouse allowed your institution, especially with Navigate as well, to go ahead and begin being proactive on the student success front? Uh, well, I would say that's that's where we're getting to the now. Goal. We've um, we've built out a lot of things. We've built out a lot of our capabilities. We can analyze a lot of our data processes. And we've exposed a lot of issues. Uh, those issues have gone up to cabinet. Cabinet has had conversations around those issues. And then they've come back and said, we need these fixed. How should we do that? Right. So I I feel like where Utah Tech is right now is we're making that turn from mostly reactive reporting and trying to identify problems to we're now starting to predict where we're going to to be and cabinet has really nice controls over how we can integrate data and strategies in order to achieve future strategic outcomes. Um, The way that we're tackling that uh, is we have a lot of student data. And so now we wanna start building out predictive models and then seeing, can we get return on investment from those predictive models? We're also standardizing, like I said, all of our metrics, getting everybody on the same page and building that measurement process into our strategic planning. We need to go through a couple cycles of closing the loop on that. But I think we're right on the cusp of having a unified data process around our campus where each specific group is working on a very specific part of an overall strategy that cabinet has set. And then we can collect and aggregate all of that data from each of those individual strategies. And we can start saying, this has worked really well. It impacted over here. Two years from now, we're going to be at this point. And these two decisions that we're going to make today are really going to have an impact in two years. And then we'll be able to see that impact. So we've we've kind of built out that planning tool for our senior leadership. And now we're starting to implement it. So really moving from 
if I were to, from what I'm hearing, putting these in phases, phase one of actually doing the, the dirty work of getting the, the data warehouse there, cleaning up the data as best we can. Phase two of really understanding what processes have been and have not been working and how we can kind of improve upon those. And now what I'm hearing you're saying is this kind of next turn, this phase three is going to be, now that we had these, had these baseline things in place, what can we do to go ahead and kind of expand upon the future of student success at Utah Tech? Yeah, I think a really concrete and really good example of that is the work that we've done around the student plans within Navigate. So we recently exported all of the student plan activity from Navigate into Edify, and we're able to analyze what are the specific course requirements that are tripping up our students, how many students are planning to take certain classes in the next year, we're going to combine all of the student activity data that we've collected to start making predictions about which students are going to pass which classes. So within the next probably two years, we'll have a, a pretty concrete process where we can say, we are predicting that two years from now, we're going to have a course enrollment in this course of this many students, and we should start planning for that now. Right. We'd also like to get to a position where we can start looking at our incoming class and saying, for our incoming class, we're predicting that we're going to have a lot of students who are going to struggle with writing. So we really need to populate the writing center more than we have in order to prep for this incoming class. Obviously, we have to test all that and make sure that we're making good predictions, but those are the those are the kind of things that we're trying to to get to. Yeah. And, you know, that project in particular will go ahead and serve, I mean, faculty, advisors, yeah. service areas outside of academic departments as well. Like you said, the writing center or tutoring center, things like that as well. Um, you've talked about kind of freeing up opportunities for senior leadership to think more on the strategic side. You've talked yeah. about your team moving towards a, an area where, um, we're getting things more automated and, and just making sure things are running correctly and smoothly and building upon that process, but no longer, I guess, the um, running around and trying to decide, is this the right way to do things as much? Still, still some sounds a little bit like that a little bit, but for the most part, we're getting things more solidified. What would you say um, is the really kind of strategic impact from the different levels of the institution by being able to do that? I mean, how would this go ahead and affect the day-to-day of an academic advisor or a, a faculty member teaching an intro to a biology course, for example? Well, I think, so on that front, Navigate 360 is where they're probably going to see that on a day-to-day basis. So we have, um, we're we're rolling out a lot more robust version of our early alerts. Um, and then we want to tie that with some predictions that we can make off of the robust data set that we have within Edify. So one of the things that we'll be doing is um, taking that early alert process, tying that in with the predictions that we're going to be able to make off of the data we're collecting through Edify, and then communicating that back to an advisor. So the advisors can start to see, hey, we're we're predicting the student to have some difficulty. They might need you to reach out to them. We want to do this in the least intrusive way for everybody. And we want to make sure that we respect the privacy of the students so that we're not communicating sensitive data to people that don't need it. But at the same time, we um, we are really laser focused on student success. And we want to utilize every tool that we have at our disposal in order to ensure that our students are as successful as they can possibly be. 
Uh, so those, I think, will start to impact our advisors and our faculty on a day-to-day -day basis. I think the other piece that our faculty will start to see is they'll just have much more robust tools when it comes to planning. They'll have a much better idea of this is this is where we think we're going to be. Um, and, For course planning? Yeah, course right. planning, things like that. Mm -hmm. So in terms of your team, then we kind of touched on some other people institution, but um, what would you say is next on the horizon for your team and your team's ambition with respect to how you're using data and technology at Utah Tech? Uh, so we've we've been really happy with this integrate and automate process. We've found a ton of just savings in terms of human resources needed to run a process. So if we can standardize the data ingestion into edify and then automate all of the work that people do largely through excel files now so if we can sit down with somebody and look at this is a three-month process that i do and it's all excel based right. we, we're really confident we can automate almost all of that and when we do that we save that person three months of time and then that person is able to move into much more strategic activities so that they're not just doing the same thing every single year, year after year. So integrate and automate, that's a, a direction that we really want to go. Uh, the other thing that our office is really focused on is getting ready for AI. Um, the, the large language models that are coming out now are really impressive and getting our institution prepped so that when those tools take off and become ready to go into production mode. We want to make sure that we've got all the data collected so that we can do the prompt engineering so that when we are in a position to train our own models, those models are trained using data that we've had to interact with students. So for instance, if we were to have AI advising, then we want to make sure that we can feed the AI advising the data that we've collected from Navigate on our interactions with our advisors, with our students, so that we have a really custom interaction with the students. So we're collecting a lot of that data moving forward. Um, we're also working with the AB in order to uh, be at the forefront for report generation. We'd really like to get to the point where um, our our campus constituents can sit down and say, I need a report that does this. And we want to, uh, we want to have that report delivered to that person. We want it to be exactly what they want. Uh, but we also want it to be correct. And that's the thing that I think has us the most worried is when we start to generate dashboards through AI and things like that, we want the data that's presented to be correct. And we want all of that to, to work seamlessly. So we're prepping for that. Um, we're also working a lot on uh, developing packages. Um, so packages are kind of a technical term. This is uh, this is an idea from open source software development. So you develop specific functions, and those specific functions do things uh, that you would take a lot of steps. So imagine if you think if you've got an Excel file and you have to point and click and move things around and it takes you about a half an hour to do this, but you do it every single day, we can build a function that'll do that for you. Right. And then we want to put that together into a package so that everybody across the campus can use that package. Uh, we're doing a lot of training for our staff about how do you use the packages that the IE office develops so that you can run data processes and you can automate things yourself. Um, 
then we'd like to share those packages with other universities so other universities can get the benefit of the work that we've done. And we really are hoping that we can connect with other universities so that they start to develop their own packages that we can then utilize so that universities can start to leverage each other's work. That's a direction that we're really excited about going. Um, and then just kind of standardizing the, the language that our campus uses around data. When we automate things, a lot of us are doing the exact same thing. So if we can centralize that in one place, standardize a function and then have everybody use it, the benefit of that is if everybody's using it, then you can do cross-training so that you're using best practices across your campus. Um, and if everybody's using it, you can standardize the usage so that there's, uh, it's so you, you don't replicate work. Sure. So those are the kinds of uh, things that we're, that we're really hoping take off over the next four to five years. I wish we had another half hour to go into any number of those topics that you just described. AI, as you said, I know um, if you're listening to this podcast, Matt is trying to recruit you to both Utah Tech and the open source community <laughs> yeah. as well. Um, so please keep that in mind. But you know, as I said, these are complex topics and we really only scratched the surface. But before we go, what advice would you offer to others who may be starting down this road, maybe who are still at kind of that phase one, like we said? And what do you think is the most important thing that they need to get right directly from the get-go? Uh, I, I think the, the biggest thing is your, your data environment is, is a culture and culture is, uh, culture is hard to change, but it is also the most powerful thing at the, at the university. There's a, a famous quote, I don't know who said it, but, um, it's culture eats process for lunch. So mm -hmm. if you establish a good culture, your good culture will guide all of, all of your other processes. So when you're, when you're getting started on the data path, I think the, the best thing that you can do is have some hard conversations with the senior leadership at the university and ask them, what is it exactly that you want to happen? Where is it that you would like to go? And who do you want to be on the team to take the university in that direction? Those are really hard things to do, but if your senior leadership can establish that early on, it takes away a lot of the conflict. Then once that team has their marching orders setting out to develop your data governance processes and your data culture as a campus, that really minimizes a ton of conflict. At the same time that you're doing that, having a data warehouse is absolutely essential. Uh, so if you don't have a data warehouse, I would highly recommend that you invest in one and then build out the tools from the data warehouse. The automate and then save time i think is is a is a really good work plan to follow but focus on culture culture is the hardest thing if you get the culture right then almost everything else will fall into place so that would be that would be my advice is focus on the culture get good data governance get the right people on the team once you do that then the pit of success really opens up and uh you'll you'll just find yourself falling into success after success I like that term as well. And that might be a good place to end it and following on success after success. Matt, I always enjoy talking to you, but I want to be respectful of your time. Thank you so much for coming on the program today and sharing your thoughts. Thanks, Evan. It's always good talking to you. And uh, let me know if you ever want me to come back. Sounds good. Thank you. Thank you.